0: Uh, Lord God, I ask that even as I speak, um, that you would take the forefront. Um, Help us, Lord, as we transition uh, from these last two years. Help us as we get on um, with the reopening uh, of not just Melbourne, but the reopening of our lives. Help us to be faithful to your call in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen All right, no problem. we can do this it's going to be really good. yeah, just imagine you're watching YouTube at its two times speed. Uh, so this was going to end at eleven thirty today, but it will now end at eleven forty i'm really I'm really sure i'll keep it pretty um, close hey uh, and the reason for that is actually we've got some very important, very exciting things that we have to get ourselves ready for as we reopen church next week. Um, So I'm thankful for the very, very many volunteers that are here. But as you know, we are in our Fruit BTS series, the Fruit of the Spirit behind the scenes or by the Spirit. Let's refresh ourselves with what that is. In Galatians 5, 22, 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control against such things there is no law i was wondering most of these things are quite easy to to pick out you can you can tell if you meet somebody and they're not kind you you can tell, usually pretty quickly, if somebody is not patient. Because if they're not patient, you don't have to wait very long to discover their lack of patience. You can even, I think, you can, you can go through each one of these. It's quite easy to pick somebody who has no peace. Somebody who has no joy. Somebody who has no love. But today's topic it's a little bit hard to tell. It's a little bit different. How do you tell if someone is unfaithful? Because maybe they're faithful for a while. Maybe they seem like a pretty trustworthy, pretty all right person, and you're like, I. we have countered, unfortunately, we've counseled many marriages, like 20 years married, 25 years married, right? I mean, you guys can I imagine what that's like, right? And then something goes wrong. Sometimes it takes so long to discover that unfaithfulness is actually there. You don't have to wait quite as long with patience. If patience is not there, very quickly you discover the person's got no patience. Today, we are looking at faithfulness, and we're going to try to do as... um, I'm going to try and summarize as much as we can, because actually to talk about faithfulness could be the whole year's curriculum, could be five years curriculum, and I'll give you a glimpse as to why it could be such a complicated topic. Let's look at the definition of faithfulness, right? The, the Greek word is pistis. And um, the various Bible dictionaries describe faithfulness or faith, right? Having full of faith as reliability, fidelity, commitment, trustworthiness, dependability, right? We, we all want faithfulness. We all want to be able to trust other people. None of us live a life without trusting anything. I trust this stage to hold me up. I trust, you know, uh, that the person who cooked food is not going to poison me. I trust, you know, whatever. We, we all at some level depend on the faithfulness of the things, or the people, or the systems that are around us. So I imagine faithfulness is very important. So telling, being able to determine if faithfulness is missing. Oh, that's that's pretty crucial, right? How can you tell, though? How can you tell if a person is going to be faithful? So to make this as effective as I can in the time that I have, I want you to write down one way, just on your phone or just on a thing, or you can whisper to the person next to you, I know one way to tell if a person is going to be faithful. One way that you can tell if someone is going to be faithful. All right, quickly, quickly, just right now. This is the first thought that comes to your head, right? How do I tell if somebody's faithful? You just met you met this beautiful woman at church on Sunday when it reopened, right? How can you tell she's going to be me? Like you met this guy, right? He's really cool. Whatever. How can you tell? All right, now I want you to put up your hand if you wrote down the words, something along the lines of past or past actions. Nobody? Past actions. A lot of people, when they try to figure out, is a person going to be faithful, can I... trust them, right? They look and go, have they been trustworthy before? Have they got a track record, right? Because, you know, once a cheater, right? Or or whatever the thing is. That is our kind of running rule of thumb, I imagine. But it's actually more complicated than that. Because what I've now discovered as a pastor who has seen many, many good men and women try to be faithful, not just to their spouses, not just to their job, but even to the Lord, I've discovered that actually being faithful is very complicated. You could have been unfaithful in the past, and then God transforms you and changes you And then from this moment on, some people even starting with their second marriage, some people even with their fifth girlfriend or whatever it is, at that moment, they commit to faithfulness, and right up until the end of their life, they are then faithful, despite what their past might be. And then I meet some other people who are on the books. My goodness, A student, you know, whatever, stay with their girlfriend since high school, whatever the thing is, right? And then at some random point in their 50s of midlife crisis or whatever, at some random point, they just had it. They're like, ah, just, I can't take it anymore. And then they're not faithful. I've seen people try to be faithful, and their own self-will, their own, they just have had too much in life, and they can't carry the faithfulness anymore. And then it breaks. I want you to think about the times that you have been unfaithful. Just pause for a second. I want to think, if you think you've never been unfaithful, you need to think more. (laughs) <laughs> right. let me tell you about some of the times as you, as I give my examples you, maybe you're thinking of some of your own let me tell you about the times when I've been unfaithful you know my wife says hey on your way back home can you get the milk and some bread we're all running out and I need it for dinner I trust you to get it because we need it for dinner and I'm like I'm faithful, I'm dependable, I'm trustworthy. And then I drive right past cold because I'm thinking about many other things. And I get home, honey, I'm home. You're so unfaithful, can't trust you for anything. I, I remember when I came over to Australia, and I was a, I grew up at church, kid in Sunday school, oh my goodness, like, you would have thought, you know, my, 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 my uncle was an executive pastor at FJKL, my mom was on the board, I, you know, I was a church leader, you would have thought I would have stayed with the faith when I came over here at 15 to study by myself, you would have thought that I was trained up well, my track record was pretty good. Yet, I remember the time when I was unfaithful to God. And I left the faith, preferring computer games and mackers. Oh, and Street Fighter Two, which was... But I, I remember the time when I was unfaithful. I remember times when I was unfaithful in a range of things. We cannot always be dependable on all things. What you'll discover, if you think carefully about it, if you consider it carefully, is that faithfulness is actually the culmination of many things working together for a a long time. It's like a car. There's so many working parts in a car. For a car to be reliable, for a car to be trustworthy, right? All of the different things need to be working together and it needs to be able to get you from the beginning to the end, not just one journey, but many, many, many other journeys, right? And if one thing, for whatever reason, breaks, it's not reliable, it's not trustworthy anymore. So, oh my goodness, faithfulness is, is pretty tricky. That's why you hear us talk about in church where we talk about faithfulness versus excellence, and we say that faithfulness is much better than just excellence. Because you can produce excellence, in some ways, without faithfulness. It just needs to be excellent at the the time. It's like driving a new Maserati down a dead-end street. Because you get to the car, it's beautiful, it's excellent. (laughs) No, I came up with that on my own. You know, it's a great, excellent car, and you're driving it, but it doesn't go very far. Faithfulness gets you through all those journeys, and over time, it can produce excellence. It's a different kind of excellence that is produced in a very big, short spurt of amazing glory, and then it's over, right? And that's the kind of faithfulness we're after. Jesus is faithful, right? We know this, we know that if we are talking about faithfulness, uh, Jesus is a great example of faithfulness and if you think about faithfulness being the culmination of many, 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 many things working together, what an achievement it is then, how glorious it is for us to be able to say that Jesus is faithful, so many things needed to have gone exactly as intended for Jesus to be faithful. He had to be obedient in so many, many ways. He didn't just have to be obedient to one thing. Not, I mean, the cross was the big one, but many, many, many things. When the Pharisees irritated him, when the disciples disappointed him, when he was tired, when there was like wind and wave, like many, many, many things. For for us to say Jesus is faithful, that's quite an achievement. And he actually got tested right to the very limit. If you remember in Luke 22, 42, he says this just before he goes on the to the cross, right? And you, can, you can understand, you get a glimpse of the cost of faithfulness in Jesus' life just by this prayer. Father, if, if at all possible, if you are willing to remove this cup, if you are willing, please remove this cup of suffering from me. If it's possible, can I not die on the cross? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, not written here, is because I will be faithful and you can depend on me, you can depend on me to carry out what I've come on earth to do. For the salvation of many, for the joy of the world. Right, you get a glimpse of the cost Faithfulness is not cheap. Faithfulness is not cheap at all. You get a sense from, one, uh, from John 13, verse 1. Jesus, he's not just faithful to God and, his, and his, the mission. He's faithful to us. And it says here, you know, just before Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he says like, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That's a picture of the past, present, and future of Jesus' love for us. So Jesus is a great example of faithfulness. We, We are called towards faithfulness and unfortunately for all of us the stakes are very high when it comes to faithfulness. Pretty high. I think when it comes to faithfulness, the stakes might even be higher than like, gentleness, patience. Not that they're, not that they're terrible, but if we're found unfaithful at the very, very end, when, when we meet God and we get up to, right, we meet our maker, uh, and, and he reviews our life when he gives an account to the many blessings he's given us, the very breath that we have, the, the the world that he has created for us, when he says, Roger, what have you done with the talent I have given you? Oh my goodness, faithfulness is gonna count a lot. I mean, I'm not saying that God will not ask, Were you patient? Were you gentle? Did you have peace? He might. But I tell you what, faithful counts right up there because it's more than, faithfulness is more than just believing. Surely we know that, right? That because faithfulness is this culmination of so many things and you've got to carry it for so long. If I'm going to be faithful as a senior pastor, I've got to go all the way through to the end. It's not just that I believe in Jesus Christ. There are many, 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 many things. And so at some level, our call to be a, a follower of Christ is actually to be a faithful follower of Christ. To be a believer is to be a faithful believer, somebody that can be trusted, relied on. There's the sense of commitment in faithfulness. Stakes are so high, Jesus would go, and the master said to him in the parable of the talents, well done, good, faithful servant. In, in fact, when we get up to heaven, I don't think it is our excellence that God is very impressed with. I, I can imagine us showing up to God with our CV, you know, like, oh, yeah, in year 12, I got, like, how many A's? And then, like, you, know, you wouldn't believe, like, how fast I can read books. You wouldn't believe, like, what I did with that thing. That is not impressive to God at all. It is not impressive to God at all. In fact, it, Hebrews would say, without faith or faithfulness, you can't please God. So the stakes of faithfulness are actually incredibly high because we need to last to the very end. It's not enough to be a great follower of Jesus Christ from age 20 to 22. <laughs> 23 to 70 or whatever it is, like whatever. It's not, right? You, we need to lie to the very, very end. So if I could, as I close today's sermon, give you, if there was one thing, and it's so surprising, seriously, like one thing, if there's one thing that we could talk about that would help you to produce the fruit of, of faithfulness, what would it be? We would have to think about when we are most likely to fall, right? We're most likely to fall when when pride kicks in and we think, yeah, we can be faithful or I don't need to put my faith in God because I can put my faith in myself, right? We're most likely to fall because pride comes before that fall where we go, we got it. I've been at church for 15 years. I've been married to my wife for 20 years. I got it. Don't worry about it. I can handle this. I'm faithful. I'm the faithful kind of guy. But now we're going to go behind the scenes, and we're going to look at what really it takes to be faithful like Jesus was faithful. Um, And for that, I want to point us to fixing our eyes on the original out of many, many things that I could have talked about today, actually, to be more faithful, maybe grow some muscles, pace yourself, take regular breaks, check every part of your engine, whatever the thing that we could have said, actually, the thing that would produce faithfulness in your life, and I'll give you a clue because it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, and we're going behind the scenes to look at how by the Spirit, the fruit of faithfulness gets produced, right? There's a clue. It's actually a recurring theme across every single week. Is that if we, behind the scenes, daily, weekly, monthly, keep ourselves filled with the Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is talking with us. Our eyes are on God. God is speaking to us. And, we're, and we view it. As a day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month journey of faithfulness. Where we, where we go, Holy Spirit, today, what are you, what, I'm a, this complicated car, what needs work? What is it that needs work? If you allow the Holy Spirit, if you take intentional time, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life, and then you surrender yourself to what the Holy Spirit says, you will continually be tweaking your spiritual life to produce, over time, faithfulness. You neglect that regular maintenance. You neglect the Holy Spirit continually speaking to you daily, weekly, monthly, right? And when I say daily, weekly, monthly, I'm not saying pick one of the three. <laughs> I just let it be really clear. What I'm saying is every day, allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. Once a week, maybe on the Sabbath, set aside even more time to soak in worship, to spend time listening carefully to the sermon or whatever it is to allow God once a week, even more time than you would daily. And once a month, I want to ask you to, once a month, do something spectacular. Go to a revival meeting. Set aside fast. Go to an overnight prayer. Do a something where it goes even deeper, maybe once a month. But what I'm encouraging you to do is daily, weekly, monthly, not or one or the other. Right? Because if you do that, then God will speak to you about a hundred things. A hundred things over the course of the year that need to be changed in your life. Or the Holy Spirit might encourage you and build you up in a hundred different areas in your life that maybe need to be propped up. Maybe you're dealing with something from your childhood. Maybe somebody said something rude to you last week and you have to do whatever it is. How how are you going to stop the accumulation of all of these things? Because faithfulness is the culmination By regularly allowing space for the Holy Spirit speaking in your life. Now, um, the Holy Spirit needs to surround you. Now, I get it. So maybe you're thinking of this and you think, oh my, I'm never gonna get to heaven now. Like, this is, I'm sunk. This is it. It's too hard. Can't do it. I uh, got good, good news for you. The gospel is good news, right? Because all of us have been unfaithful, actually. And in the Bible, the founder of the church, Peter, the the first sort of apostle, he's so unfaithful, he denied Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave him another chance. And that's the chance we all have today. I'm gonna invite our worship team up. I want to give all of us a chance, actually, because I know we've all been in lockdown, and I'm not going to test how faithful everybody
1: was
0: (laughs) over the lockdown, whatever it is, right? But, hey, we're all starting, and I know I'm going to keep today's message pretty tight, but I don't want to end with just like me talking about a bunch of these things. I want to actually give, even if it's for a short while, this actual space for God to speak into your life and for you to make a commitment towards faithfulness. The faithfulness test is actually at the very end. How do you know that something has been faithful? Well, when you get to the very end, and it's lasted. So we need to encourage one another to not give up the good fight. Not stop doing good works. Don't get weary. Because in due time, we will reap. We've got to encourage one another. And then you've got volunteers here, right? To keep on serving, to keep on doing great volunteer work for the community, to keep our faith in Christ. We've got to encourage one another because the faithfulness test is at the very end. So to, today, as we close with this song, as, as Ian and the worship team leads us, I want all of our eyes to be closed. I'm going to allow you to do some time with God. And that time needs to be a time where you are going to start sowing seeds of faithfulness. Those seeds of faithfulness look like the Holy Spirit's voice. It's planting Holy Spirit's seeds in your life. And maybe the Holy Spirit will convict you of something. Maybe the Holy Spirit will encourage you about something. Maybe you need to course correct something. Maybe you need to replace a part of your life. Maybe you need to cut something out. But the Holy Spirit will plant these Holy Spirit seeds that grow up into the fruit of faithfulness if we will surrender our lives to Him. Yeah. as a church we want to surrender before you these next few weeks these next few months as we head into next year can you help us Lord to be faithful to be your church to be trustworthy with the mission that you have given us help us Lord as we gather the body Of Christ back together. That we would be faithful for the long haul. I pray for each volunteer, each member, each leader at FGA. Could you strengthen us, Lord God? Can you correct parts of our lives that are starting to break down and becoming less robust, could you give us strength, Lord because, Lord, we want to be faithful to you. Thank you for being a faithful God and a great example to us. To you, Lord, we lift your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, our um, service is over. Um, If you're on the online feed, uh, can I encourage you to come in person next week? Or maybe we'll see you on the online Zoom. Uh, You will need to get a ticket. That's available at fjam.org.au. God bless.